Was war denn? Radioland. Let's do this. A radio extravaganza. Our annual tribute to September special. First annual. We'll be here for at least an hour tonight, spinning Septemberish songs and regaling you with season appropriate stories. But don't fret the length. Just hit pause whenever you want. I'll shut up. Drift off to sleep. That's what late night radio is for. I'll take no offense. As Steve Martin once said, I can do this show alone. I often do. Anyhow, it's time to say goodbye to September, the cruelest month. I don't care what T.S. Eliot says. Okay, maybe April can be the second cruelest, though I have no idea why. Breeding lilacs out of the dead land? What's his problem? That sounds like a good thing to me. You had dead dirt. Now you got flowers. Damn poets. But September, now that is a nasty month. Enjoy your summer holiday? Tough. Get back to work. You like the sunshine? How about some rain, suckas? Get used to it. April's a long way away. Oh, look! Some more nice, summery, sunshiny days. Maybe it's not completely over. Maybe, bam! Three more days of rain. September. By far the cruelest month.
Thanks to Karen May, who made me listen to that damn disco song. So cheerful, your ears hurt. But yeah, prejudices are there for a reason. They're there to triumph over. Do you hear me, people? Somebody say amen. If I can find a way to like earth, wind, and fire, you can decide to like, I don't know, whatever you think you don't like. Brussels sprouts. No, I refuse. Karen's one of the show's regular listeners, a regular contributor to our mailbag, Karen and her family. Just send your cards and letters to soulfood at ronreed.org. That's Reed with two E's. And uh, Karen told me about this crazy podcast, Strong Songs, that goes to ridiculous lengths analyzing songs. And they tackled September by Earth, Wind, and Fire back on September 20th for 55 minutes. And if that's not enough, the very next day, it was the guys from my latest musical obsession, Scary Pockets, laying down 18 minutes and 40 seconds of YouTubing through which flowed their enthusings for said musical offering. I guess everybody likes it. And I was won over. I mean, it's not like that's now the song I would want played at my funeral or anything. Though that's an idea. But I am starting to dig it. If you want to be similarly enlightened, search for Why It's Impossible to Play September's Melody. As Rosa says, just ask Google. He knows everything. Okay, let's hear some scary pockets who do amazing funk covers of not necessarily funky pop tunes. And after the show, look up this next one on the YouTubes and get in on the sheer manic joy that is unleashed in a very crowded studio when top L.A. studio musicians tear into this ultra-funky reinvention of Fleetwood Mac's dreamy post-hippie, post-romantic chart-topper dreams. If you got some good headphones, use them. Or if you got a stereo system to plug into, because it's all about dead bass and those horns.
Oh, that's the way to end a song. Dreams covered by Scary Pockets with Elise Trow. I guess that's how you say her name. That is one gifted woman. If you watch the video, you're going to see her trying not to grin from ear to ear as she starts the tune. And she sits there in front of a little snare drum with a couple of drumsticks in her hand and kind of waves them ineffectually kind of to the music as she sings and then she and then she drums a little bit and you might think oh okay chick singer give her an instrument i encourage you to search for some of her other videos this woman is a phenomenon unbelievably gifted musician and that's what you find with Scary Pockets. They bring in the very best, and they have a blast. Well, gang, the uh, May family have been the stars of August and September with their many suggestions for summer tunes and September tunes. And the husband the af of the aforementioned Mrs. May sent in a top ten tunes of summer list that included a little P.S., after name-checking songs like Paul Simon's Kodachrome, as well as several that we played, he wrote this. And because summer isn't endless, Autumn Leaves by Nat King Cole. The falling leaves Drift by the window The autumn leaves of red and gold. I see your lips, the sunburned kisses, the sunburned hands I used to hold. You went away, the days roll on, and soon I'll hear old winter song. But I miss you most of all, my darling, when autumn leaves The falling leaves drift by the window, the autumn leaves of red and gold. I see your lips, the summer kisses, the sunburned hands. I Days grow long, and soon I'll hear old winter's song. But I miss you most of 
That's a little more what autumn sounds like for me, I gotta say. Here's something that happened in September. We had an election. Now, you won't hear much about politics on this show. All due respect, politics has a place, but that place isn't this show. Still, I live in Richmond, British Columbia, and every election for the past decade and a half or more, my neighborhood has sprouted election signs by the dozens, by the hundreds, like so many mushrooms in our soggy but fertile Richmond soil, for candidate Alice Wong, who always won. Now, even though I never cast my ballot for Alice, I, I've actually never in my life voted for a winning candidate anywhere, ever. I do not hesitate to say that her perennial candidacy made my election each time the feds announced that it was ballot time. I'd see those signs, elect Alice Wong, and my day would become just a little more cheerful as my mental jukebox queued up one of my first and favorite 45s, a Tommy Boyce and Bobby Hart classic from 1969. Sending this out to Alice Wong.
Sending that out tonight to federal conservative incumbent for Richmond Center, Alice Wong. A tribute made all the more poignant by her recent defeat in this September's election. And I don't forget about you when you're gone. Even though right now you feel you don't belong, just remember, you're still my favorite girlfriend, Alice Wong. Elections in Richmond will never be the same. I wish I could say that was the actual slab o wax I laid down my allowance to purchase back in July of 1968, written and performed by none other than Tommy Boyce and Bobby Hart. But uh, my technology's not all sorted out yet, so a lot of my record collection is not yet available to us. I hope to have that unfortunate situation rectified by the next time we go to air. Boyce and Hart the songwriting duo who penned and produced a lot of hits for the Monkees, who were very much to my taste at the age of 11, including such timeless tracks as Open Bracket, theme from, close bracket, The Monkees, Last Train to Clarksville, Not Your Steppin' Stone, and the sort of psychedelic B-side to Alice Long, P.O. Box 9847. P.O. Box 9847. At the time that came out, I lived at 9843 Auburn Road, Calgary, Alberta, Canada. We were the last house on the block. But if there had been one more house to the south of us, it would have been 9847. Just think, I could have lived next door to Alice Long, right beside her. I would have done right by her. I would never have broken up with Alice Long. Alice Long, you're still my favorite girlfriend. What a title. I bet Alice found that very reassuring. About a week ago, Gerson Keeler was musing about the poetry of Mary Oliver, which led him to a reminiscence about his own boyhood. He says, I came across an Oliver-esque passage in a journal of mine from when I was 12, standing one September evening after dishes were done behind our house under my dad's apple trees and my mother at the piano playing Abide With Me. And I wrote, Abide with me another autumn day. Night falls, the sky fills with the Milky Way. An old piano, golden apples, and dishes are done. My dog's nose in my hand. 
It's a sweet little souvenir of a September evening in 1954, north of Minneapolis, and a boy wanting to preserve the wonder of concurrence. The hymn, the stars, the apples, the dog's cold, wet nose. He declined to draw any conclusion or to bring himself into the poem. Below the poem, he notes that the word race car is the same forward or backward. How's this for strange? We picked up a brand new listener a couple weeks ago who was moved to drop us a line to the studio remarking on this improbable coincidence. In her note, she notes that our Summer's End episode included, and I quote, three songs in a row that were in our wedding playlist. Le Tom de l'Amour, Amelie's Waltz and Stand By Me. And I would like to think this was only a matter of chance. She goes on to say, If I was a betting lady, I'd bet you are going to have the shins. Know your onion next. Just because that would be too funny. Wouldn't it just? This one's for you, Michelle.
that's some wedding song. We had a recorder trio play a Lutheran hymn at our wedding. Kids these days. And hey, if you want to be like Michelle, and who doesn't, have your name memorialized on Soul Food Ghost Light, heard by millions, dozens, several people, our mailbag awaits. And you know what I'm looking for now? I want 10 of your favorite tunes recorded in the last 10 years. Or 3, or 20 songs. Just send me what you got when you get inspired. You just send me some tunes recorded in the last 10 years. Some real favorites, personal favorites that you want to tell the world about. You could do that with little notes. You can say stuff about them or you can just send the tunes. Send me what you got via electronic mail to soulfood at ronreed.org. Two E's in read. And remember, if you'd like a cassette of tonight's show, just send $10 in a self-addressed envelope to Soul Food Ghost Light, 1440 West 12th Avenue, Vancouver, B.C., V6H1M8. September 30th, 2021. It's an important day. As Linda Lohman said, attention must be paid. It's the first National Day for Truth and Reconciliation. I read a book this summer, The Education of Augie Marasti. It's a memoir about life in Canada's residential schools. Sobering. Sad. I cried. Augie began his time at the St. Therese Residential School in Saskatchewan when he was five years old. My granddaughter Rosa turns five in two weeks. I wept. I'm not going to detail the cruelty and abuse that Augie endured at that school, at the hands of, I'm so sad to say, priests and nuns and lay staff. And I'm not going to presume to make any pronouncements on anything only to suggest that you sign it out from the library and read it. It's a beautiful story in its own way. Dignified, I think. But sad. The education of Augie Morasti. <laughs> Thank you. 
they used to do But it never did say how they died Hey, 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 hey. hey, hey, hey. hey, 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 hey. Coburn with his song Red Brother, Red Sister. So we're up late tonight saying goodbye to September. At least October has something to offer, something new. Theater. On Friday, October 1st, 2021, Pacific Theater opens their first fully produced show since we closed Best of Enemies on Friday the 13th of March 2020.
for reasons you all know or can imagine. I haven't been this excited to see a play since I don't know when. My last trip to the Oregon Shakespeare Festival, maybe. Or New York City. As the Roman poet Sextus once remarked, absence makes the heart grow fonder. Ah, oh, that's Sextus. Savvy dude. And for sure, after so long a fast, I am looking forward to a feast. Playwright Will Eno is one of my absolute favorites, and his strange epiphany of a play will be directed by Pacific Theater's new artistic director, Caitlin Williams, one year into her tenure. That is a long time to wait to put on a play. God bless you, Caitlin. Caitlin's known for her productions of Almost Maine, The Foreigner, Mother of the Maid, Kim's Convenience, which, by the way, is going to be toured by the Arts Club, our production, but their tour next spring. And Caitlin directs the remarkable Craig Erickson in this show. I think Craig has acted at every professional theater in Vancouver, from Bart on the Beach and the Arts Club to Electric Company and Pacific Theater and everybody else. But I take particular pleasure in the fact that Craig's first show, after graduating from the Trinity Western Drama Program, was Pacific Theater's community production of The Furniture of Heaven. And that Craig's Vancouver professional debut after theater school and some seasons at the Shaw Festival was also on our stage. God's Man in Texas, 2003. We shared the stage, me and Craig, and Ed Pilkington. How fitting that Craig should reopen our stage after our long pandemic pause. Not so excited about a play that I wasn't in since my last trip to New York. The Big Apple, La Palme Grande. Have you ever been to New York in the fall? I have, and in the spring. I like New York in June, how about you? But autumn in New York, oh my. Autumn in New York, why does it seem so It spells the thrill of first nighting Glittering crowds and shimmering clouds In canyons of steel They're making me That brings the promise of new love Autumn in New York is often mean 
may sigh for exotic land It's autumn in New York It's good to live it again Autumn in New York The gleaming rooftops at sundown Oh, autumn in New York It lifts you up when you run down Yes, Jerry's and Gidevoses Lunch at the Ritz will tell you that it's divine. This autumn in New York transforms the slums into Mayfair. Autumn in New York You'll need no castles in Spain Yes, lovers that bless the dark Oh, on the benches in Central Park Great autumn in New York It's good to live it again Autumn in New York oh, yes. 
It's good to live it again. Ella Fitzgerald and Louis Armstrong talking about autumn in New York. Why does it seem so inviting? Autumn in New York, it spells the thrill of first nighting. Glittering crowds and shimmering clouds in canyons of steel, they're making me feel I'm home. Scuffling through the leaves in Central Park, late season baseball. On one trip, I took the subway to Shea Stadium in Flushing, Queens, and saw the Mets play on a sunny Sunday afternoon two weeks before they closed the place forever. And the next day, I went up to the Bronx to see the Yankees play one of their last home games before the wrecking ball knocked down Yankee Stadium, the house that Ruth built. And yeah... After the last out of the final inning, they really do play Frank Sinatra, and everybody really does sing along. Start spreading the news. The new stadium is pretty good, though. At least they didn't name it after some bank or insurance company. I haven't gotten over to City Field yet, Shea Stadium's replacement. That's C-I-T-I Field. They can't even spell it, right? It's named after Citigroup, a New York financial services company. Ah, the romance of baseball. I don't know if I'll get there. It ain't cheap. New York or the new ballpark. The name wouldn't keep me away. I went to Wrigley twice, and it was named after a chewing gum magnate. But I digress. That's one thing that spring and summer have in common. The best time to watch baseball. Let's go! Blue Jays have a shot at it this year. A long shot, but a shot. And I'm back on the bandwagon, perched precariously on the edge of it, but happy to go along for the ride. Bo, Vladdy, Lourdes Gurriel, you Cuban defector, you with your Muppet hair and your hot bat and your flashy glove. Damn those Yankees, full speed ahead. I was on the phone yesterday with a friend I used to play outfield for. Or maybe it was his wife I played outfield for. I was never too clear on who was coaching that scruffy mob. I played outfield and I pitched occasionally, mostly because I was too stupid to worry about getting hit by the ball. I was a pretty good catch out there in right field. I had to be, because with an arm like mine, if I didn't catch him in the air... I might as well walk the ball back into the infield. It would get there faster. Anyhow, 
my friend was calling about the fight to keep the Trinity Western Theater Department from being closed in a couple of years. Reading my Facebook post on the subject, he figured he might as well call me an old lefty, and we agreed that was fine as long as I could call him an old righty. And we weren't talking about our throwing arms. And whatever else we almost certainly wouldn't have agreed about, that we didn't talk about, we did agree that a university was no place for shutting down people with different opinions. Kind of defeats the purpose. We had a lively, friendly, warm, but never heated conversation. And he's eager to get together for coffee sometime. He wants to have more conversations with people who don't think like he does. Take that, 2021. Another thing we agreed on, as well as how a university should work, was how the kingdom of God works. That it's not the do-gooders society, it's the screw-ups club. Jesus spent his time with hookers and working people and collaborators with the Roman occupation forces. He had less time for the most religious church folks who were the most certain about what was right and what wasn't and equally certain that they were the ones who were right. Folks these days are very averse to shame and judgment and really want a God who does nothing but love, sort of a greeting card Jesus who doesn't much care what we do. It's all good. But considering how Jesus behaved when he was down here in the flesh, Jesus wasn't the least bit reluctant to call down judgment and issue dire warnings, not to the prostitutes and tax collectors, but to the righteous, self-appointed judges. Woe to you. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You shut the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. Now, believe me, I don't know who's in and who's out. I don't, maybe we all get lucky. Maybe everybody's in. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be nice? But we don't get to know, and we sure as hell don't get to decide. Except, of course, the last thing we can be sure about is hell. Isn't that a funny expression, sure as hell? <laughs> we just don't know. I figure the only way to go is to cast my lot with the sinners and prostitutes and trust that the God of mercy will judge justly and compassionately.
I was thinking of Tom Waits yesterday. It was a rain dogs kind of day. I was having a pretty crummy one. After a couple nights of bad sleep and a couple days that filled up mostly with doing things I didn't want to have to do that took five times as long as they had to take, I just wanted to do what I did want to do, like take refuge in our beautiful and spacious ghost light studios and make a radio show for you fine people. But the morning was so crammed with responsibilities and errands and obligations and interruptions. And so breakfast didn't happen until about 3 or 3.30 in the afternoon. I fled the house and the phone and the computer. And I picked up a burger. I sat in my car in the rain and watched the river and listened to some music. Then I headed over to Doper's Shrug Mat. That's Shopper's Drug Mart to you, or just Shopper's if you're on a first-name basis, to pick up an ice cream bar. The parking lot was crazy. People were driving stupid. The rain was cold. Usually we don't get a lot of wind here in Richmond, but the wind was driving the rain, and it was not pleasant. I persevered. I got parked, I went through the rain, and I got me a milk chocolate dipped almond studded ice cream bar. And I was heading back to my car through the rain to enjoy it when I saw this old guy sitting on the concrete. He would have been out of the rain if it weren't for that damn wind. And he had his hat out on the ground in front of him with a few coins in it. Now, I'm no good at judging ages, but he was older than me, and I'm old enough, old enough to not really want to sit out in the rain with my hat in front of me. He had to be 70 at least, probably more, a well-worn 70 anyhow. It was the second last day of the month. Maybe he'd run out of money before his check was going to come through. I don't know. And I thought, learn from the people who lived on this land before we did. That man's an elder. He shouldn't have to be out here asking for change. But in these credit card tapping days, who's got change? Who's got cash of any kind? I looked in my wallet, but I had to apologize. I'm sorry, sir. I got no cash on me. That's all right. Thank you. Now, I wanted to drive straight home, eat my ice cream bar and listen to my music and get ready for the radio show. But I'd walked away from that fellow sitting there in the rain. And I thought about how some Catholics think every beggar, every person is more or less Jesus in disguise, I guess. I was sick and you didn't comfort me. In prison and you didn't come visit. And whether this guy was Jesus or not, I, I mean, I suspect he wasn't exactly. I knew what Jesus would have done. 
or at least I knew what Jesus wouldn't have done. I drove away, but only as far as the bank. Then I got out of my car into the rain and went inside, and the frigging cash machine wouldn't take my card. And the guy at the teller's window seemed to think it was my fault that the card wouldn't work and was kind of disgusted as he tried to wipe it off. But it still didn't work. I mean, it's not like the card was dirty. There's something wrong with it. Anyway, it took way too long, and I just wanted to eat my melting ice cream bar and get home. But eventually, the guy behind the counter, he was nice enough. He gave me a couple 20s, and I headed back out into the rain and went over to where the old guy was sitting in the rain, and I squeezed the damn car into a parking spot, and I sheepishly slipped the fellow the 40 bucks. Go home and get warm. He nodded slipped the bills inside his coat. He didn't put them in his hat. Bad for business if people see a couple 20s in there. Didn't get up, didn't head home just yet, but I'm guessing he still didn't have enough for whatever he needed. And anyway, who am I to say? Swallowtail coats and tablecloths and patent leather shoes and bathing suits and bowling balls and clarinets and rings well, this radio really needs is a Soldiers things His rifle His boots Full of rocks Oh And this one Is for bravery When this one Is for me And everything's a dollar Soldier's things His 
rifle, his boots full of rocks. Oh, and this one is for bravery. Oh, and this one is for me. And everything's a dollar in this box. Jesus said a lot of things, and I try to live by them, but sometimes I don't. He said, if you give money to the poor, keep it secret. And I try to stick by that. Take heed that ye do not your alms before men to be seen of them, otherwise ye have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, that thine alms may be in secret. And thy father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee. But in this case, I kind of figured it's a good story. So what the heck? So I don't get rewarded for passing along some of God's money to one of God's children. So what? I didn't really do it to get rewarded anyhow. Am I right? And bottom line, I can't pass up a good story or a good song to go with it. Both those songs were by that genius that storyteller Tom Waits down there by the train from his album Orphans and after that we heard Soldier's Things from his masterpiece Swordfish Trombones and tonight the last word goes to Mr. Keeler he writes my hero when I was young was Thoreau, a nice guy, but a fraud. He wrote a heroic essay about civil disobedience and spent one day in jail, and Emerson paid his fine. He sat out at Walden Pond writing beautifully about independence while his mom was bringing him hot meals and doing his laundry. When he said the mass of men lead lives of quiet desperation, he was probably talking about himself. Now I'm old, and my hero is Emerson, who said, Every great and commanding moment in the annals of the world is the triumph of some enthusiasm. This is the one remedy for all ills, the panacea of nature. We must be lovers, and instantly the impossible becomes possible. Thanks, Ralph Waldo. Thanks, Garrison. Enthusiasm. The one remedy for all ills, according to our friends. An enthusiast, that's me. A lover, an amateur. 
flaneur, dilettante, layabout, agadabout, and I am proud to say enthusiast with his own pirate radio station. Maybe that's why I love Jack Conte so much, the guy who plays keys on those Scary Pockets videos and on Pomplamoo's videos with his too cute wife and who gets ridiculously excited about September, of all things. It's a disco song, for God's sake. But maybe that's why we get so excited, me and Jack, and make fools of ourselves, for God's sake. God's fools? I hope. Well, that's about all we got time for tonight. It's way past midnight. We've gone well past our allotted hour. I probably shouldn't have said some of the things that I said, but hey, you can't live life too careful now, can you? Definitely not when you work at a pirate radio station. So let's go gentle and grooving into that good night with some finger pop and alternate universe type coolness. Till next week then, hey? We'll leave the ghost light on for you. <laughs> <laughs>